When we got done recording episode 295, 80% of what we had planned for this episode was left untouched, and that's okay. While we start each episode with a run of show, a simple outline, we'll toss it aside in a minute. If we hit something we think you'll find relatable and that could help you in your life. And I think you'll find that there's a lot of that coming up during this episode, Cadillac Jack, my second act. One of my favorites we've recorded in quite some time. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years to the same country station in Atlanta. Loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My second act in live podcasting after doing nothing but radio. It's a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with your family and your friends. We have conversations about current events and pop culture and trends, uh, current uh, things in the headlines and social media and music, specifically country music. Donna and I uh, served together, combined 40 plus years at the same country radio station in Atlanta. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Served together. I at- forgot. I forgot. And, and often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Okay. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Served together makes it sound like we were like on the front lines together. We kind of were. Like fighting. We kind of were. Arm in arm. We survived. Okay. If you had to carry me over a battle line, would you? Of course. Oh, I like that. You didn't, you didn't even have to think. Drag or carry? Either, Either one. Whatever it takes, right? Either one. Whatever right. it takes. Yeah. Uh, before you get to your Plinko mm. um, for this episode, hang on. Let me scroll up to the top of the run of show. Um, it says here, you know, we don't have many conversations before we step into the studio because we want everything to be real and, 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 and you don't think about it an awful lot. I don't know what you're coming with necessarily. And you don't know what I'm coming with for any episode of the podcast, but you sent me your Plinko curriculum night, teachers, computers, and my anxiety. Now that's a lot, that's a lot going on right there. I'm wondering if we just don't bump everything else planned underneath your Plinko for this episode, because it's, it's going to take some time, I would imagine, here, right? It's actually not. Are they're sure? all They're all together. Just your anxiety alone, I would think, would be... I have a lot of anxiety, as we know, but... An episode worth, right? Uh, that could be a series. It could be its own podcast, um, Thoughts in My Head. Um, but, no. So, I had curriculum light last night, and this was for um, our... We have three kids. If you're new to the podcast, um, we have our son, Will, who is 23. 23. We have our daughter, Olivia, who is 19. Freshman at UT Knoxville. Yes. Just got off the phone with her. Um, everything going good, but you know, uh, college is not set them and forget them. Not that I thought that there's two different kinds of kids. So when we put Will in college, that sounds crazy, like put him in college, but when he went to college, he was kind of a set them and forget them because there's some kids who like to hide out in the shadows. And I don't mean anything bad by that, but they're just like, not a lot of communication. Uh, zero dark 30, which probably means they're not getting out of bed a lot. And you're just sort of, well, what's going on? You're fumbling through. And then there's our youngest, Charlotte, who's 16. I don't even know that I finished the conversation that we have a third child, Charlotte, who's 16, junior in high school. She is information overload. We'll tell you everything about everything, which is fantastic. And then there's literally our middle child, Olivia, who's 19, who sits right in the middle, who sometimes won't tell you a thing. And then this morning got into a 45 minute discussion, which was great, just about managing time. And I think they're at that mark, if you've put one in college, where they've sort of figured out the rhythm of how to get from class to class. But it's they're a little overwhelmed, because I think the first week or so, it's all about was adrenaline, a lot of it. Yeah, and feathering the dorm and, you know, all that stuff. Or if you've moved them into an apartment, getting that going. And then kind of the reality of life starts to hit. And um, 
you know, we've had a rough couple of weeks, not in a bad way, anything with her fault, but she was sideswiped. Um, so we're having to deal with, you know, getting a car fixed. And I just think, you know, she told me today, I thought this was very funny. This sounds like something I would say, but she said to me, she goes, this adulting is, uh, is hard. And it is because they're kind of thrust out into the real world. And yes, we all did it and they're capable of doing it and all this stuff. But you really do have to say, stay kind of lockstep beside them to walk them through things, you know, um, so there's just a lot of that going on right now. A, a lot of managing that. Will is um, potentially in the middle of a move. I haven't even talked to you about this, but I talked to him on the phone a while the other day just about rent prices and what's going on in Atlanta and that type of thing. And I think that's the one thing that we as parents forget is, you know, you're always parenting at different stages. Um and if you have multiple kids, you're, you're parenting different personalities at different phases of life. And one kid may sail through middle school and another, it may be just really rocky water. You just have to keep going. I mean, it's, and, and it shouldn't ever end. And as a parent, you, you may not want it to ever end. But, you know, just like we're, we get advice from our parents, you know, at our age, they're, they're, they're oh, like it's just a lot. Well, I, you know, somebody told me the other day, one of my friends, Sarah, said... Um, oh, Sarah. Well, I mean, she was like, you know, every time you talk about Olivia, you're just very emotional. I'm very emotional in general right now because our kids are all scattered around. But trying to keep everybody connected is difficult at times. And just trying to manage everybody in their different bubbles. I know if you have young kids right now, you're like, oh. This doesn't sound very exciting for later, but it's, it is good. Well, it's real life. I'm sitting there last night at curriculum night and Charlotte's been obsessed lately with like colleges because in junior year, I mean, it is the most important year as we've talked about before, like senior year, you've done all the work. It's really junior year. I was sitting and I broke out into a cold sweat because I'm like, I've got to sign her up for the ACT. I've got to like, it's starting all over again. But for the final time. Yeah, and I mean... And she's taking it, has she not? She no. Well, well... A practice. A practice. Yes, yeah. a practice. But just like the school thing, and like we're, you know, we're going on a trip next weekend, and we're actually going on two college tours. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, I, I haven't even caught my breath from the first moving, Well, we're moving Olivia in. And I have to be honest with you. When they, got, when they get into high school, I don't really do a lot of curriculum night because... It's just a lot of, hey, Ginger, in the hallways, and oh, my God, you look great. And I just, Social event. Yeah. If you have one that is very self-directed, which Charlotte is with her school, she's incredible, um, kind of leave it to them a little bit more at this point. I also came home last night and told you, and she's a very ambitious child, but her schedule is wackadoozy, and I don't know how she's handling it, and I understand now why she is so stressed out. So got to manage that a little bit. But what I want to talk about, to get back to the tabs and my anxiety, sorry, <laughs> we're, we're way off track, um, is the Bible teacher, because she goes to a Christian school. I go into the Bible class, who also happens to be her um, tennis coach. And so I go in, and we all go in, and he starts to talk about the Old Testament and his love for the Old Testament, God bless this man, and, you know, what he's teaching, and la, 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 la. And so he opens up his computer to like share his syllabus or whatever. And I start to get so anxious for him. Why? Why? 
Because I'm like, what are his tabs going to oh, say? Oh, come on. There were 10 tabs up, okay? And I just, I don't know. And, and then I'm thinking, is this just me? Does not everyone have dirty tabs open? I don't have dirty tabs open. But I mean, like, where is this anxiety coming from? And so one of his tabs says. I've got six right now. Okay. One of his tabs says, how do I? And I'm like, oh, my God. Which, my is, God. Pro- which is the most Googled yeah. First, how do I? That's the most change four, my battery. Or Googled four words in, yeah. in, in the world. By how, the way, how do I change my battery? The how other tie tie is number one. Okay. The other tab was, is it normal to? And I'm like, oh god. And so I just was like, oh my gosh, what are these? What are these tabs going to say? And I think maybe it was like more anxiety because he's the Bible teacher, and I'm thinking like, what would you have done if one of them had popped up and it said? MMF. What's that? BDSM. Just different initials for things. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have known okay. what they were, so. Well, bondage or whatever. If, if, if leather. What, what, what would you have done if one of them had been a dirty tab? Well, I think that's a And problem. dirty, by the way, I think is subjective. In the eyes of the beholder, I guess. Sure yes. it is. However, he's the Bible teacher, so I, I don't know. And then, I, I'm just going to But why worry about all of that? Why not just I'm, sit down I, and, and listen to the man? Okay, because you're different than me. I'm just saying, when I sat there, that's where my mind goes, is God, I hope this man... God, literally, in the Bible class, I hope this man doesn't open something up and it's like, how do I hire a hooker from school not using the internet? I, I mean, I, maybe I'm crazy, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying you're crazy. Maybe other people crazy. don't feel this way, but I was just like, I was almost nervous for him and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then somehow, and first of all, I had to hike. I wore, I wore, a, um, I wore a stacked heel. You saw what I had on. I looked cute. Mm-hmm. But I had a stacked heel, and I literally went up and down the stairs 52 times. Like, these kids, no wonder they're so skinny. I mean, like, all I did was, I was like, is there an elevator? Or like, I mean, yeah. Anyway. And then I ran into um, a friend of mine who will go unnamed. And I'm like, okay, first of all, how have I not seen you? And she's like, well, they don't have any classes together. And number two, I said, are you not exhausted from going up and down the stairs? Do you know what she said? I, I do not. No, because I'm not going up and down the stairs. I go, what, what do you mean? She goes, I'm going where the, like, I'm doing all the classes on the 100 hall first. And then I'm going to the 200 hall. Because they don't take roller keep up, I guess, right? Exactly. And I'm like, dang, that's that's why she's making so much money. That's a genius. So anyways, that's curriculum night. All was good. Didn't see any tabs. Somehow in the math class, I guess it's just because it's a Christian school. I told you this. They brought. That's exactly why. Well, they brought the Bible into math. But they're supposed to bring the Bible in everything. That's why you send your kids to, to a Christian school. It's not just a Bible class where they need to be exposed to religion and to the Bible. It's the entire day, Donna. It's the entire curriculum. Okay, why are you calling me out? I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying that I'm, I was shocked to hear you say that you were disappointed that, that I wasn't the dis- math teacher no, talking that, about Christ. Okay, now you're, uh, okay, all right. I, ne- I never said I was disappointed that the math teacher was Surprised. talking. Surprised. Nope. What was I, the word? Intrigued. Okay. Fair, intrigued. Fair. But why should the math teacher not bring in, in, in I don't know. Religion? But ye who couldn't, who could not find Matthew right now, don't be calling out ye who could. So what's, what's the, what, what does that mean? What is Matthew? Matthew, Luke, you, I, I you know them? Like math University, like math you yeah, no. or something mm-hmm. like on your iPhone, some sort of a, a tutor app or something like that. No. In America today, the University of Georgia is ranked number 16 in U.S. News and World Report's list of, they, they, they release this list every year, the best public universities in America or something like that. At number 15 this year, the Georgia Institute of Technology. Oh, hell yes. Can you imagine if the University of Georgia next year jumps uh-huh, Georgia Tech? Can you imagine the building panic at Georgia Tech right now? 
I'll be honest, I don't think like when I was in school, the rivalry between Georgia and Tech was so, so strong. It's academics, though. I know. Academics. They kick their ass in athletics. This is this is George well, Tech's wheelhouse. I, I have to say, I am just, I am, and I know, I and I, I post a lot. People come at me sometimes because I post a lot about Georgia on, um, and not about Tennessee, where we have a daughter, on social media. But I am such a proud dog. I really am, just in general. Because you should be. I was always so, the journalism school, um, the Grady School of Journalism School, has always just been such a great school and I was so proud to graduate from there, but I am so, so proud to be a dog now. And um, I do not have to have a child that becomes a dog. It's not what it's about. But I am guaranteeing myself that I am going to wear orange for one game. There, there's a lot of questions, though, this year specifically and in years past about how the list is curated, how it's calculated. For instance, Columbia University dropped from number two to number 18 this year here's why because they didn't submit any data 19 listen to this 19 of the top 20 schools on this year's list cost $55,000 plus per year to attend if you go online to look at the list and and we have listen we're based in Atlanta we're in Alpharetta Georgia 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta but we're a nation a national podcast we understand that we're going to talk about some of the other schools nationwide here in just a second yes we focus a lot on Georgia the University of Georgia Donna graduated from there the list is somewhat difficult to navigate. It can be tricky. Here's why. U.S. News & World Report is, they're slick. What they do is they sell ads mm. to colleges and universities that then they place within the list. So if you're not paying attention, it looks like a top of Valley Community College, maybe number, one. Right, number 13. Yeah, that's smart. And in between Northwestern and Dartmouth. It's Dark an Method adjacency. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what it's called in advertising. I, I found myself, and I'm pretty attuned to stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I recognize that because it's something I would probably do. Selling a JCC to a community college in the top five for, you know, $500,000. Some people would not notice that it was a paid ad, an ad that paid was placement. bought. Yeah, paid yeah. placement is what it's mm-hmm. called. Uh, Vanderbilt would go out of order. Vanderbilt is number 13. That's a great school. Uh, 60000 plus tuition. Uh, Harvard is number three. At number two, it is MIT. At number one, it is Princeton University, $57,410 a year in tuition. Yeah, I have to say about the tuition thing, the one thing that I do think is kind of interesting now about colleges is it used to be, even when you were in school and when I was in school, school was either, um, and and I'm talking about the University of Georgia, people are shocked at how little I paid. I think it was 800 and something dollars a semester. Yes. Did you say $800? Yes. Yes. Did you have scholarships or anything? No. There were no scholarships back then. I mean, there were, but just not like they are now. So that's my point. School was either very cheap or there were like the Harvards, the Dartmouths, the Vanderbilts, that type of thing. Pretty much now, like if you say something to someone like, oh, uh, what's your kid looking at? Uh, Well, forget SMU, but like, uh, you know, Auburn. Okay, Auburn's a perfect example. Um, How expensive is that? Every, for the most part, every out-of-state school comes in at around 52 and then by the time your kids put in the work hopefully and get the scholarships you've gotten it down to about 30 right but the, the tuitions i'm quoting though are for in-state N- exactly from, from, yes, from the report those are in okay. that's i'm saying but those are ivy league but i think the difference is it used to be like when i was growing up nobody went to out-of-state schools and even if you went to auburn out of state it probably wasn't much more than university of georgia in-state in state and out-of-state out wasn't such a big deal. But the large demand put on state universities has made it 
you know, so difficult to get into in-state schools at times that people have to look out of state. So I just think there's not, my point is, is there's not a huge disparity anymore in between Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee, they're, they're all basically, if you want to do like, same scale. if you've got young kids and you want to start plotting for how much it's going to cost you, Save now. 30, a it's about $30,000 a, a year. Do you give this report that's come out every year for decades now from U.S. News and World Report any credibility today? And have you ever in your life, whether as a, a, a student, uh, a teenager or whatever, young adult looking at potential colleges, uh, maybe when you were in college thinking about a transfer or as an adult now, helping to spot and pick out appropriate colleges and, you know, colleges where your, your, your young adults would fit in. Have you ever at any point in your life given any credibility to this report at all? And are you, have you not been familiar with it your entire life? I have. And I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I, I just never thought I, I mean, I wasn't Ivy league material. Good God. I could barely get into the university of Georgia. I wouldn't get in now if I had to get in. I think what I've learned through, and I think you would agree with this through the college process is as opposed to finding, and I think there's different ways to do it, but as opposed to finding a school that is like academically at the top and checks all the boxes, you really need to drill down to what your kid kind of wants to do. In my, And I know everybody feels differently, but my thought process is, and again, please do not read into what I'm about to say. I love teachers, okay? But if you're getting a, a teaching degree, if it is not a very specific degree, I don't think it makes a lot of sense anymore with the price of tuition to go out of state. It makes zero sense at all. But I don't want teachers, if you're a teacher and listening, it's not that your profession is any less. No, no, there are many professions that, that, we, could, that we could throw into that category as well. If Olivia, Finance, had, if Olivia had just wanted to have, get a business degree, there, it would have made no sense, I'm sorry, to pay out state tuition. Her degree is very specific to her university, and it is the number one and two school for that. So my point is, is I think if you know, if your kid really has, knows what they want to do and it's the right school for that, and it's a very specific major, I do think it makes sense. You know, I think, and I'm sure there are other schools that do this, but Tennessee, if you are a nursing major and you agree to stay in the hospital system in Tennessee, in Tennessee right. for two years, they forgive all of your student loans. And that's a great, that's a great incentive. That, that's, I, I was not aware of that, but that's, that's the kind of thing that colleges and universities should be doing. And like uh, Jill Biden was teaching there. Should make, they, the teaching? They did the same thing. Okay, yesterday. I was going to say, they should think about it. Yeah, so Jill Biden was there, and, and I'm only using Tennessee because I'm getting all that information right now. But I will say, like for her degree supply chain, okay, in Arkansas, the reason they were offering Olivia so much money is because Walmart is headquartered there and needs so much supply chain. If you agree to stay and work for Walmart when you graduate from the University of Arkansas. And they're not a bad company. Not a bad company. At all. Then they will, re, they will forgive your student loans. So, I mean, I think that there's, um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of different reasons that go into the mix other than just some listing in U.S. News and World Report, you know. <coughs> Things that you can't necessarily include in a report. There's not a, a number. There's not a... It's more your the way you're thinking, the way that, right? I mean, it's not, you can't, it's, yeah. it's, there's not a definitive answer to the question. Yeah. And I was never, this is turning into, this just, podcast should just be on college, but I know people are so interested in this stuff because people ask me all the time. I also was never a big believer in college tours um, until I started with Olivia. And I will tell you, nothing drills it down better than that. I used to think that they were kind of frivolous and um, not necessary that you could kind of go online. There's nothing like the feeling, watch, I don't know how to explain it, but watching your kid, seeing a city that you think you would love to go to, but they have no business being at and vice versa. I think it really does help you 
decide. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But but do you think that in a 36, 48-hour period, a snapshot, that you get a fair representation of what the, the city where the university is located and what the university are about? And do you think that when you go on a college tour that they know exactly what to say to the moms and the dads and the, and the, and the providers, and it could be a grandmother, it could be whoever, uh, and they know exactly what to say to the young adults? I think so, but I think it's also, and I, I did think that, but I have to tell you, it's just a gut feeling. And that's that one of those get. things you can't put a number on that you I was referring to. You can't, and it's so weird. I never thought I would have that, but I did very much have that um, in this process. And probably because Olivia's a little bit of a quirkier kid, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a little more difficult with Charlotte because I think she has the personality where she could go to a big school, a small school. A, you know, so I also think it depends on your kid. What happens when a first responder dies in the line of duty? If we don't have the money in the bank, we assume their mortgage for them. We take over the monthly payments. Mirabel just told me that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has made the final payment on her mortgage. The mortgage is free and clear. You know, I have been blessed to to have been involved in some some really, really big, moving, emotional, charitable events in my career. And this week I miss curriculum night for this. Definitely worth it. And I didn't want to go. And that's the crazy thing is I, I really, you know, I was I know you were kind of dragging I your was feet. Trying, I, was, I was trying to find excuses of why I could get out of going to this event that I'd already committed to, which is wrong. You know, the, and you know, not for any with, reason. You just didn't want to drive back down there. I've been to the South Side a yeah. lot, and, and I just didn't want to drive back down again. Yep. This foundation is based in Stanton Island, New York, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. After 9-11, the foundation was created to pay off the mortgages, the home loans, of families who lost a first responder in the 9-11 terrorist attack. Imagine the burden of a family when um, the, the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad, the, 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 whatever role that may be in the home, when they pass, the burden of continuing, and life goes on. The grass has to be cut. The light bill has to be paid. Life does not stop. You may think it does, but it doesn't when there's the loss of someone in your family. You got to pay your mortgage, which is the biggest um, expense, expense on any family. On. Yeah. Imagine having that burden entirely removed. I don't think there is any bigger gift that could be given to a family, honestly, than that. Because it all starts with that. You know, yes, you can put groceries in someone's refrigerator and you can pay, pay their light bill. But if they can't afford to stay in that home... It really, and especially with the price, like I was talking about earlier, with what, you know, how hard it is right now to find places to live, to remove that uncertainty is just an incredible gift. So the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has recently expanded their footprint nationwide and now includes any public safety officer or first responder who lost their life in the line of duty. And in Peachtree City, which is a bad city, you know, it's a lot of Delta Folks, a lot of a lot of Hartsfield Delta people live in Peachtree City. It's very conveniently located to the world's busiest airport. It's about twenty miles south of the airport. A beautiful, beautiful community. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation had never been to the state of Georgia before until last night. Billy Kelly was an NYPD forensics officer, and he just passed less than a year ago, eight months ago. He worked at the Staten Island landfill after nine eleven, sifting through debris looking for bone fragments. 
looking for anything that could be returned to the families of the fallen officers and firefighters on 9-11. And as we're learning now, we have for a few years. The toxicity, uh, the toxicity levels at these landfills where this waste was taken were catastrophic to life. And thousands and thousands and thousands have perished, not because of the terrorist attack, but because of the aftermath. Yeah. Trying to sift through all of this shit to give families closure. Billy and Mary Bell had five kids. Had five kids. Beautiful kids. They were all there. Uh, Billy was in the armed services. He served the country in the military. His two sons have both entered the military, currently in the military. Uh, they, they got leave to be present last night. Uh, my dad had a heart of gold. It was always his will to serve. And his ability to serve is what inspired me and my brother here to our own service in the service for the nation. There hasn't been a day in my life where I was ever not proud of my dad. No matter what happened, no matter what was going on in the world, he was always a hero in my eyes. Every firefighter, every first responder, police officer, EMT, all of them are heroes to me because of the example that he set. And he went on to make sure that everybody knew police officers had a good name. He was a good guy. He was a great man. And I'm privileged to have had him as my father. As it becomes further away and the world almost becomes crazier, the idea of what happened on that day doesn't seem as shocking to this generation, if that makes sense, as it did to us. Until that morning when we all turned on the Today Show or Good Morning America or wherever you were, whatever you were doing, there was just this inherent sense of safety in our lives. Um, Did we worry about, you know, Russia or certain things or, but the country was not as politically divided all the time. Um, We certainly weren't dealing with COVID and a lot of things like that. And I just think we lived in a very different world. And I never thought as an adult that I would say that because you think of our parents living through, you know, the Depression and World War II, you know, all the things that they well, lived things through. things that we learn about in textbooks. In history. And, and the generations that are coming up now, I mean, it's 21 years ago. Yeah. They're now learning about it in textbooks. They have no real life living reference to it. But I don't think to them it seems as egregious or shocking. I agree. Because of the world we live in now. Right, And, right, the, and the things, things that, that go on. Are just... Not not as crazy, but but, but, crazy. but somewhat close. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And at the time, those people didn't know. And as any good first responder does, you rush into a situation and you assist and you help. And looking back on it now, and I don't think if you ask any first responder, because it's in their heart, it's, it's, it's in their blood. If you knew what was going to happen, would, would you have would not done it? No, direction. they wouldn't. Yep. Sifting through bodies and remains to just to try to be able to give some child in New York closure that your parents just not out there wandering the world somewhere, which sounds crazy. But again, if you think of the time and how we were living, there was no Life 360. There was no find my iPhone. There was no find my friends. Their parents went to work. Their spouses went to work and didn't come home. And so to be able to give those people closure is an amazing thing. So I think anything that can be done for those people and their families is just incredible. Incredible. There's a golf tournament during the day and then a, a big dinner. 
Uh, I've been invited and asked to come and, and, and host it along with Nancy Grace. I was having a conversation with Nancy Grace last night when I introduced myself to her. We'd never met before. We've both been in Atlanta for decades in, 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 in broadcasting. It was, it was a good feeling, but, but she looked at me and she goes, the Cadillac Jack? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she's, first of all, don't call me ma'am. Uh, she told a story. She spoke last night. And she told a story. I mean, she was at Court TV at the time on 9-11 when uh, it happened. And she told a story about how she was somewhere. She was in a borough somewhere color, co- covering a trial. And, and they got the page. Remember, pagers. Didn't get a text. She got the page. The, the message, An alert. The, like, right. Yeah. The message was, get your ass here. She said, I'd never heard the words Al-Qaeda. The, the producers had to write it down phonetically because I didn't know how to pronounce it. She goes in 20, and she said last night, 21 years later, these words are a part of our nearly daily. You, you Maybe you don't speak them, but you read them. When you're aware of them. Yeah. Is, no, she, is she a character like like just how she speaks and everything? Yes, yes. Oh, she's funny. Everybody's, I mean, people cute. I have some audio. I'll play in a second of her. Uh, I, I, I had the video, but I'll play you the audio of her. Somebody wanted to FaceTime with her. She just cracks me up. She's very funny and just very, she's very genuine. I didn't know that about her. I wondered about that, but she seemed to be very, very genuine. Oh, I, I mean, the whole reason she got into this is just because she well, is so murdered. passionate. Well, remember her, her husband was murdered. Yes. Passionate for victims' rights. And that's why she was there last night at this event. There was a moment no one knew was coming. No one knew that this moment you're going to hear right now was coming when representatives that had flown in from, from New York City, uh, NYPD and NYFD, had flown in for, for this presentation for the Kelly family last night. But no one knew this was coming down at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. I just found out for sure. And what happens when a first responder dies in the line of duty? If we don't have the money in the bank, we assume their mortgage for them. We take over the monthly payments. And that's what we're doing for that Cobb County Sheriff. Because we don't have the money in the bank right now. So that's why it's so important that you folks do what you do come out and support this great foundation. Mirabelle just told me that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has made the final payment on her mortgage. The mortgage is free and clear. The, the chief is referring there to a horrible story that happened in Atlanta last week. Cobb County, which is uh, one of the largest uh, counties in the uh, Atlanta area. There were two sheriff's deputies with the Cobb County Sheriff's Department serving a warrant. They were assassinated. They were murdered in cold blood. We're waiting for these deputies. One was in a car in the driveway. Yeah. One was in the home. And by the way, this is just like a, a peaceful neighborhood like you live in, you and I live in. Why? Why would you sit and wait to murder two deputies that pin on a badge every freaking day to serve the area in which they live? And to put food you on the table die. for their families. You should die. You should be shot in the head. The burden of having to make a monthly house payment for the families of these two deputies in Cobb County is now removed. Yeah, and that was, I mean, and, and what an amazing organization. To, that story literally broke last week yeah. to be able to turn they, they that, work fast. They do. that quickly. But it's, it's a private nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So there's not this board of directors. Has to go through right, or right. be approved. And, and listen, or, I did my research. Anytime I'd ask, and I was not familiar with this charity because they had not done anything in Georgia until last night. About three months ago, I was approached. By the foundation asking if I would like to be part of it. I didn't know anything about him. I never heard of him. I did my research because I think that I have to do that. I think that that's, that's, that's part of my job is to, if I'm going to align myself with a charity, I want to know what they're all about. 94% of every dollar raised by uh, t- this, this foundation, 94% is spent paying off the mortgages of public safety officials and first responders who've lost their lives in the line of duty. 
Uh, the other 6%, come on. It's well, administrative. Yeah, it's, administrative it, it's, yeah. it's, it's travel. It's, yeah. it's banking fees. It's right. 94% is that, huge. That's a very, very high number for charities. You know, and people also ask all the time, like, you know, how do I get involved? I feel like I want to do something. And I think that if you find something that, if, if this story that we're telling tugs on your heart, then get involved with this charity. If the story that we told a week ago about Mr. Parker and um, helping to fulfill this is the second wind dream, second wind dream, second wind.org, you know, if that tugs at your heart, get involved. If, if pet, if pet things, um, animal things tug at your heart. But I think what you just hit on that's very important is do your homework. Because there's two ways to, to be involved, and that is just to write a check. And those are great, too, to send to people. And then there's actual boots on the ground um, type of involvement. But I will also say, like, if you if you love animals, you don't always have to go to the biggest charity. There are local ones, and we have a great one here, Fur Kids. Um, and they need people sometimes just to drop off, like, puppy pads. And, you know, that's not a big deal. If you're out shopping and, and you can grab an extra thing and just drop them by, and so I think that sometimes like when people say, and, I, and, and listen, I, I call myself out on this too, like, I just don't have time. I want to volunteer, but I don't have time. There are so many ways to do these things and to help out um, that don't take a lot of time and they don't take a lot of money because I get it. Listen, sometimes you're your own charity at different times in your life and I get that. But I think that um, it's, a, it's, it's easy to to really drill down and, and, and just find out where your heart is. Cause people say all the time, like there's just so many people that need help. Like, where do you start? Well, you start with what sort of you feel a where tug your heart, on your, where your heart. heart is, yeah. yeah. You know, and then, and then drill down and find the best charity for your time or your money. But that's incredible. And, and I love that you're a part of this lately. You've been doing some amazing, amazing have, things. It makes you feel really good. It truly does. It does. And it's not about the social media post and it's not about, um, getting the accolades you did a everybody should really go to the youtube i'm going to tell you a little bit you did an amazing amazing video for the second wind dreams it's on your on the youtube channel and um it sort of tells the story of mr parker who we talked about in the last podcast who was the um who played for the oregon ducks and um it, it was just beautifully done and you did that whole video but what struck me in that video is there's no mention of you there's no mention of who you are there's no mention of you um, in the video that you did the video. Well, that was a mistake. I need to go back and re-edit that. <laughs> who, who, who the hell did that? Well, and, and that's what I love about you is oh. I think as sometimes, and you are, you can be narcissistic can. and I full know, of I, yourself. I'm very, much, I'm very much all of that. I admit that. However, I think where you thrive is in these types of situations because you actually love to help people, but you really don't like the spotlight that goes with it because I think that kind of makes you feel uncomfortable and I think you just sort of thrive when you can like you drove him and you pushed his wheelchair and yesterday you know what yes maybe you're there to take some pictures and handshake some people but it's also about just getting out the cause and and getting that word out and sometimes if you have a big platform then you have an obligation to use it for good Arabella just told me that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has made the final payment on her mortgage. The mortgage is free and clear. So there's one piece of furniture in your home. Well, there are many, but there's one particular piece of furniture in your home that has become the can't live without living room staple. And this has happened over the past few decades. Um, you have your favorite office chair at work. And you have your favorite stylish 
recliner at home. The recliner has become the piece that you really, really, really spend a lot of time on because if you truly need some downtime and you're at home and you want to relax, that's where you're going to go. You're going to go to your recliner. And the recliner can sometimes be a little bit of a argument between the wives and the husbands because you want a recliner that looks nice. It's stylish. Otherwise, it's it gets, also comfortable. It's, yeah, it's got to be comfortable, but it's got to fit with the decor. It doesn't have to, but it should, I guess, maybe. But, but they're, 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 again, it's subjective, I think, Donna. But uh, we've had many conversations through the years about recliners <sighs> and, and our likes and dislikes and our needs and our wants. And uh, so whether you're looking to, uh, you know, just, just, just climb in there and in your cocoon of comfort to watch a ball game, or maybe it's, you know, a solid, you're looking for a solid reading chair for a Sunday slumber at home. Uh, recliners are the new piece that you spend a lot of time picking out and choosing and testing and, and, and test, test, Sleeping, and, and you can do that at Gallery Furniture. I've done it. I, I will not tell a lie. Well, I will, but but I'm not telling a lie right now. That I've been to Gallery Furniture to visit with Donna, and, I, and she has found me in the showroom in a recliner taking a nap before. Uh, between Thursday and Sunday of last week, they sold 37 recliners at Gallery Furniture. 37 recliners. Now, you may think to yourself, a Cadillac Jack, Donna. They Jack, don't have any left. They don't have any left. Not the case Not at all. the case. they got six, seven trucks a week that hit at Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, and Donna has upped the recliner order. Get there today. For recliners starting at, starting at, you ready for this? Two ninety nine. Yeah, so you need to be there. Really, this is not something where I'm going to think about it. Maybe I'll go this weekend. Call her. You can also call her and have her hold you one with a credit card. I mean, she would do that for you if you're serious and you're going to come up and get it. But yes, the reason that they sold 37 is not because they're overpriced and not nice ones. You don't sell 37 recliners if people really don't want them. So we have told you and we tell you and we tell you and we tell you all the time, this is the place to go. And honestly, everybody at some point is like, either needs to replace their recliner or the husband's like, I really want my recliner black, Helen. I mean, I know you're thinking that. Like, uh, yeah, the recliner sometimes like ours is up in a different room right now because I sort of moved it out. And every husband wants their damn recliner back at the end of the day. But here's the great thing about these now. There's also a lot of people who need these types of chairs and you were telling me that one of the new things about them you know it used to be kind of like a power lift it's not anymore it's no no it's more it of a very, they call it a walkout it used to be very medicinal it's for people that, that, that had mobility problems and things like that yes. they were called um lift chairs and that's lift not chairs. the case anymore uh they're walkout chairs think about this if you are a mother or father and you are the baby is asleep in your arms okay and you just got done if you're the mother maybe you just got done breastfeeding if you're the dad i hope that's not the case but you just got done with the feeding or um, the, you just have your, your younger child just napping with you in the chair, watching TV, and they, fall, the they, they suddenly fall asleep. And you don't want to move. You're you like, I'm not moving. don't want to wake them up because yeah. they're finally asleep. Yep. What happens with the walkout chairs is that you simply lift and you walk out of the chair. Yeah. Right? Again, it doesn't mean that your knees are bad. It doesn't mean that you have the diabetes. No. doesn't mean that... Uh, you have to have this chair. And if you think about the old way, like you used to have to kind of get out of one of those recliners, you'd have to almost put your arm behind you and like sort of lift yourself yeah, up and make find, that. Find your good spot. Remember, you'd always hear like the older right. people, like, they make that noise and you're when like, you oh, boy. crack. Yeah, not anymore. So that's the thing. This is not a piece of furniture that when someone walks into your living room, is going to be like, when did when did your grandfather move in with you guys? No, that's not yeah. the case. Because they, they look like something you find in a, an assisted living home. Yeah, that's not what this is. Room. You're not even going to know. Most people would not even know that this chair has the ability to sort of power lift you out. Um because it's going to look exactly like your furniture. So this is the weekend. If you are looking for a recliner, um, this is your weekend. This this is your call. You know how sometimes you're like, I got a call. I felt I felt the need. Well, we're giving you the need, and the need is at two ninety nine. I mean, that's incredible. 
Like, I guarantee you, I spend that on Starbucks a month. I didn't need to hear that. I didn't need to know yeah. that. Um, let's, let's pretend like you didn't say that. Also, this weekend, half off Sealy and Serta betting. 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville, Instagram at Gallery Furniture GA. Also, big thanks to Awesome Alpharetta for their support of this podcast. Come play a while, stay a while in Awesome Alpharetta. Have you ever done, Don, a triathlon or a biathlon or an athlon of, of any any type, any sort of iathlon? I mean, no, I, but I have volunteered at Field Day for all three of the I kids. Count. I have a yeah, somewhere. I, I mean, yes. And hosted birthday parties. If well, you've we, hosted a birthday party for anyone under the age of 10, you've run a triathlon. Well, and we've watched them during the Olympics. Yes, I have. We've uh-huh. watched. I've yes. participated, but we've watched. Yes. There is a triathlon coming to Awesome Alpharetta that is all about fitness. It's all about fun. It's all about safety. It's a kid's triathlon, but the entire family is invited to uh, become a part of it. It is not this Saturday, but Saturday a week. September 25th is the date, 7.30 a.m. until 2 p.m. Dawson Pediatric Peach Kids Triathlon. Uh, Alpharetta's hosting this triathlon. Delivers a high-quality youth triathlon experience, triathlon experience for the entire family. I know a lot of kids who love to do these triathlons um, because it's really not about you know, the time that you get or how successful you are, it's kind of something that kids want to do just to kind of prove to themselves that they can do it and achieve it. And um, I think that you can do it as a family is really cool, you know, because again, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be the first ones over the finish line. It's just sort of doing it together. It's not about being your name being chosen first right. in, in, in fourth grade. Right. Mine was always last. And that, that does carry with you your entire life. That makes me sad. I, well, now, listen, I would, I have, I would have picked you for my team. Well, but don't do a pity pick, but I was always the last one chosen. When we were doing uh, Well, no, I would have picked you because I thought, I would think that I could make you a better player. I don't know that anyone could have done that, to be yeah. honest with you. I probably deserve to be called last, but when it comes to athleticism. Um, but what would you have, dodgeball or whatever you used to play in the gym, you know, in elementary school. Uh, that carries with you. Uh, this type of event builds your child's, builds your kids, builds your young adult's self-esteem. And that's a big part of it, okay? More information at awesomealpharetta.com. Good old man like is the name of the song. Me, and Drew Green is the artist. Cause he'll hear that from me. I'm just a good old boy. Trying to be good old man. I love this song. I mean, this is just another one. You know, had you heard the song? I've never heard of the song, never heard of the artist, no. Amazing. Um, so he is on Sony, Nashville. Um, he's He's been a songwriter. He wrote a lot of stuff for uh, Florida Georgia Line, Connor Smith. Um, he released his debut project called uh, Dirt Boy, Volume 1, in 2020. And that's what this song is off of. Um, just a great song. Um, and what's crazy is, so this song was released in 2022. And um, he says it's autobiographical. And... Um, it's just written about like he was a new father and just talking about, you know, he's a good old boy when he had his kid. He was a good old boy and he just wants to become a good old man to his kids. Anyway. All right. What about you? Well, I tell you, I, I'm embarrassed about my song now that we've had okay. such a wholesome moment with yours. Um, well, go ahead. Well, I'm going back to high school with mine. Okay. You ready? Three. Theater opinion. Dr. Feelgood? 
I like it. Well, what made you pull this? Well, I'll tell you what did. Uh, when I Here we go again. But when I did the second one, Dream, with uh, Joker, who got the tattoo. There's a 54-year-old who's become a, a, a friend of mine. Uh, who's in hospice care with Brightmore. Got his dream fulfilled with Second Wind in Brightmore, uh, getting a tattoo. He was originally going to get his name in Japanese script in the inside of his left arm, Joker, J-O-K-E-R. We get there to the tattoo shop in Griffin that Friday afternoon, and we surprised him. And he decided to get the um, the, the, the Motley Crue cover Simple. of Theater of Pain, oh. where they have the Happy and the Sad mask right yes. from, from theater. Remember that? Yeah. Um, and there's a, a specific name for them. I don't remember what they're called, these masks. But uh, he, he, he switched it up. And, and got and got that as opposed to Joker in Japanese font or script or whatever it may be. So that that's that's why I had thought about it in years until that afternoon. I love it. And uh, so I'll go with Crew. Donna goes with new country artist, maybe not new, but a, a songwriter as well. Drew Green, good old man. I want to tell you one dirty thing. Okay, I love this. Hang on, this doesn't happen often. Okay, so well, I am. I mean, I do tell you dirty things, but not like you. But um, okay, so you know how Tommy Lee is like. I don't know if has you a got huge penis. well. Yeah, we know that from his videos from the video. However. Uh, probably, uh, I would say a month ago now, I don't know if anybody was following along, but he was, and yes. it's kind of sad. He was on a little bit of a bender he, on, he put another video on Instagram. So I have the screenshot. Uh, I've seen it. I saw it when it came up and I'm like, this isn't going to be here long. So I took a screenshot uh, and it's so funny because I saw a meme the other day and it was all these women sitting around table and they're like, where well, you're the one with the screenshot of the Tommy Lee breakdown. And I have it. So if you want me to share it with you. Okay. Reach out to me privately. Good enough. Good enough. That's Donna at mysecondact.org. Mm-hmm. .org. Uh, we have bumped about, and it's okay. That's, what's, uh, that's what I do enjoy about this podcast is we come in with an idea of what we're going to talk about, but often it all goes to shit, and we get on something and just have honest conversations, and that's really what's happened during this entire episode. So we're going to bump about 80% of the content, uh, content plan for this episode to next, and we may not even pick it up then. Do you think you and I, because like you're emotional too, and I mean, it's, there's a lot, like, I mean, these stories are amazing, but like, do you think we're more emotional because we're old? I don't consider myself old, and I don't think that you're old either. No, but I mean, older, like, what is it? I, why, why are we so emotional now? I'm, I, I've always I, I, been I, I, like highs and lows, but. Yeah. Audio for this episode from, audio for this episode from Drew Green and Sony Music Nashville. Warner Music and Motley Crue. Our thanks to executive producers, Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.